Hello and welcome back to another edition of the K-Pop Rama Podcast. I'm your host, Ganonman, and for today's episode, we are going to be debuting a new show on the podcast called Understanding K-Culture, or Korean Culture for short. And this show is meant to kind of go through and explain some aspects of Korean culture that we see in K-dramas, K-pop, Korean film, and so on, really. So, you know, we're going to be going through deep dives about this, which I think will be really, really interesting for you guys. And for the first topic of the show, we are going to talk about Han. And... I'm sure you probably are wondering to yourself, Gian, what is Han? I have no idea what that is. Well, we're going to go through that today. And, you know, you might want to sit back for this one because it's kind of a complicated topic, but I think it's really, really interesting and something that is quite important, especially if you watch K-dramas because it's in a lot of it. But before we get into that, of course, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on just about any podcast platform you think of. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on the podcast as it helps it a lot. And last but not least, our social media will be in the podcast description below. Be sure to follow at Podcast on Instagram if you want to follow. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So before we start, I do want to emphasize one particular thing about this topic, and that is really like me advocating for you to do your own research on this topic as well. Now, I should clarify before, as I'm saying this, I did do my own research. I've actually taken Korean history classes on this in university, and I've also researched sources on the internet that talked about this concept and you know i I know by saying this you know i'm saying that there's resources out there but at the same time a topic like this can be interpreted differently by different people it's just it's just how it is and i do highly recommend you guys to do more research on this topic yourself and come to your own conclusion because i think for one it's just a very healthy thing and very important thing to do arguably and you know by in large, I think you might come out better for it. And you might also, you know, find a different perspective on the Korean culture that you see in K-dramas or K-pop or Korean films. So I just want to put that out there just as an emphasis. Please do your research as well. It's just good. It stimulates your mind and it's overall just great. But anyway, let's get let's get on topic. I just had to get that tangent out of the way. So what the heck is Korean Han. Well, to start off, it's not exactly something that is tangible. And when I mean by tangible, it's, you know, something that is like a solid object, like a rock or this water bottle that's right next to me. Um, It's nothing like that. And it's not a natural resource either. It's rather a emotion that someone feels. And, um, if you don't know, um, Han is actually derived from a Chinese character that literally goes by Han. And its literal translation means resentment, hatred, or regret. Or how I interpret it, resentful sorrow. And, you know, these these kind of feelings are very intense emotions. And you might be asking yourself, why do the Koreans have a term for something like this? It seems rather specific 
And yes, it is rather specific. And from the outside world, actually, Han wasn't exactly recognized until like the early 20th century. And from the research that I've done, a lot of Korean, like traditional Korean culture, I mean, actually was quite joyful and happy. Like especially like the stories and literature that Korean culture had like prior to the 20th century. So, you know, this this idea of the sadness and just horrible feelings wasn't really a thing for quite a while but you know something changed by the 20th century and basically korea got invaded again and i say again because korea has been invaded by a lot of nations over the centuries and um, ironically enough in my script i have a list of the foreign countries that have attempted to invade the Korean Peninsula. Now, I might not have all of the nations that invaded Korea in this list, and there might be some that I might have wrong. I might like omit it out anyway, but here's some of the foreign countries that have tried to invade Korea. Um, we have China. Um, China has invaded Korea multiple times both in modern history and ancient history. Um, the Mongols also invaded Korea, and they were successful, by the way. Um, the Americans, back during the 19th century, actually invaded Korea. And ironically enough, this is actually the first time, the second time, not the first time, but technically the first time that they invaded Korea. And the second time was, I guess, the Korean War some 70 years ago, which I think a lot of people might find surprising because this whole event where the americans invaded korea is kind of kind of forgotten from history but it actually was a thing as basically the americans were basically trying to strong arm the koreans to basically open up their borders so ships can come in trade stuff with them and make a ton of money basically that's what they wanted and last but not least we have the japanese now the Japanese actually invaded Korea twice back during, well, the first time was back during the 16th century. And this was a very, very long conflict that the Japanese and Koreans have for, and you know, the Japanese arguably were almost successful in basically taking over the Korean peninsula, but they failed. But the aftermath of this whole war was just horrible for both sides. Um, a lot of Koreans died during this war and it, kind of just created this general hatred for Japanese for understandable reasons at the time. And, you know, the second time, well, they were actually successful this time as they were able to not only take over Korea, but they were also able to basically colonize Korea as part of the Japanese empire at the turn, um, well, at the start of the 20th century, I mean. And this second particular Japanese incursion or colonization of Korea is the origins of modern Korean Han. As this event during history was not only just really sad for Koreans because they basically lost their sovereignty, but it also started a very, very long period of great pain. And as Han, you know, is described, there's lots of suffering resentment and hatred and you know based on the research that i've done there's a lot of different interpretations of han out there but the overall residing feeling 
this remains the same for the most part. And you know, I'll read you I'll read to you guys some of the quotes that I found. And this particular quote comes from Kim Yo Kyul. And based on my research, he's a very renowned um, Korean scholar. He he specialized in lots of literature related things and his interpretation of Han was you know the collective trauma and the memories of sufferings imposed upon the korean people in the name of oppression over the course of the nation's five thousand odd years of history so you know again this is this is kind of putting into context more of the more historical invasions that have happened during the history of korea so there's that as well, and it's also adding the more modern take as well. And, you know, I found other quotes. Um, this one um, basically describes Han as a feeling of unresolved resentment against injustices suffered, a sense of helplessness because of the overwhelming odds against one, a feeling of acute pain in one's guts and bowels, making the whole body riff and squirm, and, and and an obstinate urge to take revenge and to right the wrong, all those combined. Very complicated way of saying injustice and trying to right a wrong. You know, it's a very, very, arguably very, very artistic way of describing it. And, you know, there's like tons of interpretations of Han and they're all really similar like this. They're all interpreting basically the same thing. And it's just this very, very collective feeling of pain and resentment from something or someone that is outside of their jurisdiction. And, you know, this is basically kind of kind of been just etched in into the identity of the Korean people. And, you know, as I've already mentioned, right, it's something that is just tied to the history of the Korean Peninsula, and you know, it this this personifies who the Korean people are, especially within the last century. And you know, I mean, I've already mentioned the Korean War, and you know, that war in and of itself was just devastating for the entire peninsula. As I believe, I got this fact right. I think um, more bombs were dropped on the Korean Peninsula by mostly American forces and also other people as well bombed Korea more than they did during the entire Second World War. Like they dropped more bombs on Korea than the entirety of World War II to put that, put that into perspective, which is honestly just a lot of devastation and just a lot of just suffering and death. And when you put into that kind of perspective, it makes you think, wow, that's just a just a amount of suffering that you can't even like contemplate because you can't like even dream or like foresee that amount of destruction and death and you know it's just something that you know the koreans have to go through and you know it it, it honestly wasn't that long ago when that war actually happened i think we're coming up around i think at least it's guaranteed at least over 65 years since this war happened and you know obviously of course um you still see the effects of that war today as korea is still divided between north and south and you know that in of itself is a tragedy really because you know no matter how much time has passed it's still left the korean people divided for for as i already mentioned like for over 65 years now 
And, you know, that comes with a lot of pain, even if people don't really see it as much now. Like, it's still a great tragedy that something like this happened. And, you know, as I already mentioned, it this is this whole idea of suffering is just etched into the identity of the Korean people now. And, you know, the people of Korea live with it today. And it's because of just tragic events like the Korean War and the Japanese occupation before it. So, you know, there's all of that. But, however, there is a, you know, a more positive view of Han as well. And, you know, that kind of seems a bit drastic considering all of the suffering and pain that Han is, which it is. But, you know, the, the positive side of Han is how, you know, they basically use all of the pain and suffering that they experience and basically just use the energy that that causes and just motivate themselves to basically do better. And if you look at history, they arguably did that as, you know, in the aftermath of the Korean War, they basically just in, I guess, through sheer will and determination and also through um, certain individuals that are kind of suspect, really. But, you know, the TLDR is basically they basically just dug themselves out of poverty through sheer will and determination. And, you know, in 30 to 40 years, they basically managed to become a first world country, which in of itself is a miracle that actually did happen like literally in these history books that i had to study for this korean history class that i took they literally called this period of korean history as the miracle of the han river because it's still remarkable that the korean peninsula specifically the south the southern side managed to just become such a economic powerhouse in such a short span of time it's honestly incredible like you know what happened during this time is because of han really they like used all of the pain that they kind of suffered through and just used that energy to just despite through sheer will and determination just push themselves out of it which in of itself just shows such a strong sense of resiliency which is honestly just in inspiring to see really and you know it's just characterizing the people as well along with the pain and suffering bit which you know is honestly really inspiring to see as I already said and it just explains a lot about the nation and just the people of korea in general and as we as you will see in the next section of this podcast you will see why many k-dramas and korean films as well describe and just show this feeling of Han on screen and why it's incredibly important to understand, especially if you want to understand the Korean psyche. So now that we have a basic understanding of what Han is, the big question now is, well, how do we see Han in K-dramas or K-cinema? And I think a good way to understand this in a pop culture context is to basically go through one of the big tropes that you see in K-dramas. And this particular trope is basically the trope when the female romance lead that is oftentimes poor is, you know, rejected hard by the male lead's incredibly rich family for reasons that may or may not be because you can't marry someone below you in terms of social class or they're poor. Usually it's for one of those reasons or for some other reason as well. But that's usually the case. And I also should also say that, you know, 
a trope like this can be interchangeable so it can be like a rich the rich girl it could be a rich girl and a poor guy because that's been done before but you know the bottom line is that this situation creates a very very difficult decision for the male or female character in this regard because they are either given the choice of keeping the relationship at and going against the whole family in general and that's obviously a very difficult choice to make because family is incredibly important in an Asian household and the other choice is well of course obeying the family and breaking off the romantic relationship which is something obviously both characters in this case do not want to do and this creates a very very complicated situation that you know can be transcended as Han because it's a very very difficult situation that is honestly out of the hands of both main characters because you know outside forces are basically determining what they should do and you know this usually ends with one of the characters trying to break off the romantic relationship with the other character but you know through sheer force of will they find themselves together through some thing but you know the main thing is there and that's usually one way of seeing Han in a Korean drama or a Korean movie and you know it's something that happens quite often in pop culture and you know it's something that is honestly really really entertaining to watch despite of how sad it is because you know it makes people cry like that's that's part of the reason why we watch k-dramas because you know there are moments that make us cry make us feel emotional and you know a situation like this is something that koreans and just people in general are all too familiar with because you know suffering is something that happens all the time and it transcends nationality which is why you know we watch these kind of things and you know if that isn't enough for you then you know and if you want to see a more direct iteration of han then look no further than historical dramas and movies because they play into this a lot because if there's anything you can say about the korean entertainment industry is well they do historical dramas this anything history incredibly well and you know that's mostly because of the fact that well like i've already mentioned before there's a lot of pain and suffering that has happened in korea's past and quite honestly to be quite frank with you it's very good source material so that is why you should probably look into them and i'm gonna kind of dive into some of these dramas because they're honestly quite historical and well they show a lot of han as well and also before i get into them of course um spoiler alert for these dramas because i'm gonna spoil the hell out of them but anyway um the first example i have is well one that i've already mentioned on this show before and that is crash landing on you and you know aside from the fact that it by and large is quite lighthearted, considering it's a very kind of a kind of a very serious show when you think about it but you know the han that you see in crash landing on you is seen when you know the characters especially the ones from north korea eventually do have to go back cross the border back to north korea and you know i think the han there is just the fact that well you know both characters from north and south are separated again because you know as you see in the show like you know north 
the North Korean lads, like they really like being in South Korea. They had a great time, and they made a lot of friends in South Korea as well. And you know, the idea and the fact that they kind of have to go back to their their side of the peninsula because of reasons outside of their control is heartbreaking in of itself. And you know, this is seen also especially in the main romance lead between Seri and Ri Jong Hyuk because you know they too have to separate because of reasons outside of their control and that in itself is incredibly heartbreaking and sad and you know they have to live with that pain for however long the korean peninsula is divided and you know no matter how many times they can meet each other in switzerland every year that still doesn't like that that isn't the same in my opinion so you know that events like that to show han in the context of crash landing on you and you know it's just again really really sad and you know another example that that this transcends han to a t is mr sunshine and i haven't um reviewed mr sunshine on the podcast yet but i'm i've been wanting to do it for ages but it's it's incredibly long so you'll probably get that eventually but anyway like mr sunshine again um, this shows Han to a T because, you know, it shows Korea on the brink of getting colonized by the Japanese. And, you know, as you see in the show, um, a lot of people die as the Japanese take over. Particularly a lot of the beloved characters that are Korean. And that in and of itself is heartbreaking and especially like, especially like the last two episodes of the show are like more heartbreaking than normal because you basically see everyone die a horrible horrible death and you know it's sad knowing that they're doing it trying to protect their country the country that they love and you know they also know as well that they're most likely going to fail and that's also sad as well and you know by the very end everyone except Asian is dead and you know she has to carry all of the Han that the events of you know the drama caused into her fight against the Japanese as she forms the resistance against you know colonial rule so you know it's again incredibly heartbreaking and sad but at the same time it's historical these events happened and you know the colonial period of Korea caused great suffering on the native people and you know i didn't really mention it in the podcast yet but you know what the japanese did to the koreans during this time of colonialism is honestly damning and shocking and honestly just disgusting to be quite frank with you like um you can look up look it up on your own but you know there, there was a lot of things that the japanese did to the koreans during this time and you know <laughs> If you look at today's relations as well between both countries, um, there's honestly a very good reason why the Koreans don't really trust the Japanese that much. So, you know, there's all of that. And, you know, dramas like this show Han in this way. And, you know, it's incredibly important to understand, especially for the international audience, because, you know, people don't really know about the Korean occupation by the Japanese. Like... It, that kind of that aspect of history isn't really known by a lot of people outside of you know the, the Korean people on the peninsula so you know it's something that's incredibly important to understand especially if you're getting into Korean culture through like the how you wave and whatnot so you know 
there's all of that. And, you know, if you want to come up with another example, um, I do have like the King Eternal Monarch that comes to mind when you think about Han. And I this is more of a personal interpretation of it as, you know, it's something that isn't like overtly seen in the drama. But I b personally believe that the King Eternal Monarch shows Han in that, you know, it shows this world where Korea is united. And, you know, if you've seen the drama, you know, the, basically the whole drama basically just hops around two different dimensions or two different worlds where, you know, one is obviously the world where Korea is united and incredibly powerful within the within the circumstances of that world while the other world is basically the world that we're in now where korea is divided and it's frankly not as great as the unified korea to put it one way and you know i think the whole concept of showing a unified korea as this very beautiful and gorgeous utopia is kind of a way of showing like a byproduct of han if that makes sense because it's showing a Korea that could have been, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the fact that you're sh you're basically showing Korea that is like the perfect Korea in everyone's dreams in a drama. This shows how, you know, this feeling of separation and resentment towards the fact that you know, in real life, that Korea is more of a pipe dream by every passing year is, you know, in of itself is a tragedy because of the very fact that reunification can only be seen through a Korean drama. And I should also add as well, it's a fantasy sci-fi Korean drama. Like knowing that reunification can only be seen through a fantasy TV show is, you know, quite heartbreaking when you think about it. And I think it just shows how Han is portrayed in different ways. It can be shown in more direct ways, like what Mr. Sunshine or Crash Landing on You shows, or it can be through just symbolic ways like this, where I think arguably, in my opinion, the symbolic ways of showing Han is much more impactful, in my opinion, because, you know, like just seeing the whole concept of how the drama worked out, like it's just sad because you know, like <laughs> this utopia that you see in the drama is something that is completely something of fantasy and you know that it's some is something that might not happen in your lifetime so you know it's something that's incredibly sad but at the same time it's also important to contemplate because it's part of the korean identity and you see it in pop culture more often than not so it's important to understand these kind of things and i sincerely hope that you know understanding a concept like Han does enhance your enjoyment of K-dramas as you know as I've already mentioned like a dozen times already on this show um, Han is something that is incredibly important both in pop culture and you know as part of Korean society in general so you know again it's an incredibly important concept to understand and I hope you took something out of this show but other than that um, this just about wraps up this week's episode um i really hope you did enjoy this week's episode of the podcast and do let me know in on social media if you enjoyed this kind of show and you know if i 
if I get enough interest, I'll definitely do another one in the future. So yeah, um, other than that, wherever you are in this gigantic world of ours, thank you so much for enjoying this week's episode of K-Poporama. And I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in for another episode next week. But until then, this is Gian from K-Poporama signing off. Take care and have a brilliant weekend, everybody. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs>